The first and best victory is to conquer self. Welcome to the Conqueror Approach, a journey of self-mastery. To cultivate our mind, body, spirit, financial literacy, and allow our light to shine upon the world. Brought to you by me, your host, U.S. Navy submarine veteran and entrepreneur, Musa Mikkel. Let's conquer. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast. Wow. I've been thinking about this podcast for a couple years now, and it's pretty crazy when you think about something for so long, and then you finally get over yourself and just do it. So I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited about this, and I'm pretty excited where this is going to go. Um, and a lot of this episode is just going to be kind of the origin story of me and what has led to this point in me creating this podcast, right? And a lot of it comes from when I read the quote by Plato in the introduction, the first and best victory is to conquer self. And he said that many years ago, and it still holds true today. Uh, And he knew, he knew that to change any aspect of our life and to achieve true happiness we had to master ourselves, right? To conquer ourselves. Um, so this is what it's going to be about. Mind, body, spirit. Mastering ourselves, mastering our finances to achieve everything we want to achieve. And before uh, we get into it uh, and get into a lot of the topics we're going to cover throughout this podcast, I'm going to introduce myself again. My name is Musa Mikkel. Uh, And I'm a submarine Navy veteran in America here. And I was born and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada. Right. So uh, when I was 14 years old, I ended up moving to the East Coast, to New Jersey. And that is where I went to high school. Um, But before that, I had some tough challenges with our family here. And, And during that time... Uh, was really when the economy was starting to crash. And Vegas was hit pretty hard in 2008, 2009. A lot of foreclosures, a lot of people lost their jobs, and my family was one of those foreclosures. And during that time, my parents were also getting a divorce, and that complicated a lot of things. So we ended up relocating to New Jersey, where a lot of my dad's family was. And that's where I had to read. I had to adapt, right? No friends, just my family. I started out high school, figuring out what I want to do with my life there. And, you know, it was a, it was an experience, right? Uh, New Jersey was, was cool, met some great people. But I still knew once I graduated, before I graduated, that it's not where I wanted to be. It's not where I saw myself long term, uh, and it's definitely I definitely did not want to do what everyone else was doing and going to college, uh, community college out in uh, Middlesex County, and then going to Rutgers University or whatever university, 
I, I did not see that same vision uh, at the time. And, and that's when I started to think about the military. And I wanted to actually join the FBI. I wanted to be an FBI special agent and do that long term. And so I, I thought about, well, how do I stand out versus the people who just graduate high school? I mean, graduate college and then apply for uh, becoming a special agent. So I, I figured out I should go to the military, get military experience, get into a career where I can get a top secret security clearance, which is like the highest one you can get, and then get my degree after or during if I had the chance. And then I would stand out a lot more than someone who just has a college degree. So that was my thought process when I joined the Navy. And I had a mentor before I joined the Navy, uh, Nick Zerpoli. Uh, and he helped me a lot because he, he was guiding me through the beginning of joining and signing up and talking to recruiters and figuring out what the Navy was really about behind the scenes and what it looked like. Uh, and he was helping me out. He was motivating me to to do it. And I remember when I was talking to my recruiter, I told him, there's one thing I don't want to do in the Navy, and that's be on a submarine. And he was like, all right, I mean, you scored high enough. Like you get, you know, you get offered a lot of things. Uh, and after that, we went to the military entrance processing station, other than, otherwise known as MEPS in Brooklyn, New York. And that's where everyone gets processed, right? To do all the physicals and tests and see uh, exactly where you qualify, what you qualify for, all the jobs, you actually take the ASVAB test and see what you score, and then, and then you pick what career field you want to go in pretty much, what job you want, sign all the contracts, and then pick your date to go to boot camp. Uh, and then when I did all the processing, I did everything, got to the point where they're offering me the Navy jobs or rates, uh, and I got two offers, and it was a submarine mechanic and the submarine electronic computer field. And I was just like, what the hell? And I, I told my recruiter, I was like, I don't want to do either of them. Like, I'll come back. And then he was just like, um, at that time, I wanted to do intelligence because I thought that was most related to getting a top secret clearance and then will help me better when I got out. So I was really strong about being in the intelligence field. And they told me that I wouldn't be able to get the clearance that I would need to be in the intelligence field because my parents were born in Egypt and they're not, they weren't born in America. And I was just like, okay, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty crappy. Like, well, what am I going to do about that? And that was false because as a navigation electronics technician on a submarine, I had to create navigation plans on where we would be operating on our top secret missions, which required me to obtain a top secret security clearance, the exact thing that I was looking for when I wanted to become an intelligence. So the fact that I was told I wouldn't be able to get that clearance because my parents was a complete lie. All right. I trusted him. I was stressing out my life. So I just signed it and got it over with. And then immediately tried to change it, right? I did not want to be on a submarine. And 
you know, after a couple months, uh, they did offer me a job. I thought he was full of, full of it, but they did offer me another job. It was logistics. And I remember in uh, logistics, and there's another one, interior communications, which is the guys that fix like alarms and the phones and stuff on uh, big ships. So I remember talking to Nick and I was like, man, these are the two things they offered me. Um, I still want a clearance. At least I get like a secret clearance if I get on a submarine. And I don't want to be an interior communications technician. <laughs> and I don't really care for logistics. Um, and he he, he kind of convinced me to just do it. Do the submarine because submariners are, they're tested a lot more. And they're, they're pretty much... They, they mature a little bit differently than the rest of the Navy. Uh, and not always true, right? <laughs> not, not always the case. Uh, there's great sailors throughout the entire Navy. Um, and this is just the Navy. I'm not considering special warfare because uh, that's a different breed of human. And, you know, he, he said from his experience and the, the submariners he met, they always carry themselves differently um, because they, you know, they don't have a large crew, but they have... Uh, an insane amount of work and a lot of them take on various jobs and that was true that was true because when I went and I, I did it I, I just listened to it I, I realized I needed to get out of my comfort zone I was already doing that by leaving what I was familiar with and joining the military not knowing where I'm going to end up um, but not only that picking something that made me extremely uncomfortable right being on a submarine like underwater for weeks and months no sunlight, no internet, no freedom, just being trapped in a tube with a bunch of men. Now they have men and women um, on submarines now, but the time I was joining, it was all men, uh, or mostly men, for, for fast attack submarines. And I decided to do it. I was like, I'll get over, I'll get over it, right? I'll get over it. I'll grow because I'm challenging myself. It's more of a mental challenge that I, I wanted to do. It wasn't, I uh, wasn't really excited about being on a submarine. Uh, sometimes I'll get these, like, wow, I'm gonna really be underwater and like do the crazy stuff. But uh, I ended up doing it, and I remember the submarine school in Groton, Connecticut, and I took a tour, right? Because they make every all the new students take tours of submarines. Uh, so they can check it out and see what it's about and talk to some of the guys. And I was like walking through this thing and I was like, hell no. Like, there's no way I'm going to live on this thing <laughs> for months. And I try to get out. I try to get out of it. I was like, there's no way. Like, I'm claustrophobic. I don't know. Like, I'm not going to live on a tube for, you know, it's just, I, I was not comfortable with it at all. Um, and then after trying, for a little bit, I realized, you know, it was all in my head, right? Because it's not that I couldn't do it, but I was just afraid. I was scared to do it. I was scared to be on a submarine and and live on there however long and, and dedicate, you know, four years of my life being attached to a submarine and going wherever it goes. Uh, and then I realized it was just fear, you know, and claustrophobia, it's a phobia, it's fear of being in tight space. It's a fear of being in confinement. You know, it's not 
true. It's not reality, right? I was creating this. And I realized, once I realized it was fear, I was just going to be like, I'm okay. I'm going to do it. I'm already here. I'm already halfway done with this training, which is a year. Let me just finish it. Let me just go. Like, I'm not here by accident, right? Something is guiding me to take this challenge and put myself to the test. And not only put myself to the test, but uh, be the best I can be throughout it, right? It's not permanent. I'm not going to be on this submarine forever, right? I guaranteed uh, four years as of right now to the submarine. So I still have a long time after that to figure it out. Um, But after I uh, finished the school in Groton, Connecticut, uh, I finished uh, in the top four or top three of my class. And then at that time, we had the ability to choose what submarine uh, we wanted to go to based off the availability. Uh, And I saw, I've, I've had my head set on going to Hawaii this entire time. So I was hoping an Hawaii boat would be available for my rate. Uh, and it was, there was a couple in Hawaii, a couple in San Diego, a couple in Virginia and, you know, and one in Connecticut. And I was just like, well, definitely not staying on the East coast too cold for me. <laughs> and then Hawaii was it right. San Diego and Hawaii. I was, I was kind of torn between, but I was like, I could visit San Diego whenever I'm not going to have an opportunity to live in Hawaii. Uh, most likely. So let me do Hawaii. Uh, and that's, that's where I ended up Pearl Harbor, Hawaii in the USS Columbia. And, you know, within a month of me being there, we were already going underway. Actually, I got to Hawaii, and within a few weeks, my boat was already underway, getting prepared for deployment. Um, And then two weeks of being in Hawaii, maybe less, you know, they took me on a small boat, met up with the submarine on the surface, transferred me and some supplies and other people and just like that I was underway for the first time and I remember it uh, very vividly because I didn't know that I'd get seasick and submarines are not very stable when they're on the surface because they're not designed to be on the surface very well and (laughs) I was seasick right people are just like oh this new dude Uh, (laughs) just seasick I'm just laying on the floor you know miserable and yeah, I was kind of mad because I wanted to take some time off in Hawaii before I had to meet the boat, but that got messed up and I didn't get to enjoy Hawaii for the couple weeks I wanted to before I had to dedicate myself. Uh, and even what pissed me off and <laughs> the most was uh, my chief at the time, just like my supervisor, he was just like, what are you doing here? Like there no, no one expected me. And I was like, I don't know. Like somebody told me to show up and I showed up. So I'm here now. So what do I do? <laughs> right. And I just hit the ground running. I was just like, I'm here. Um, you know, I'm gonna adapt and I'm just do my best. Uh, and I did, I did have a successful career. I had a successful tour for first time submariner qualified everything I needed to, uh, really quickly. And, you know, eventually I got used to it, right? Every day was a challenge, but I just took it as a test, right? I pushed myself 
Uh, and there's no best way to push yourself than putting yourself through something that you can, you couldn't even imagine yourself doing, right? And then uh, throughout the years, I realized I wasn't fulfilled and wanted more and ended up dreading going to work every day um, because it was it was draining the amount of work and the the responsibilities we had. Uh, with the lack of crew members, right? There's not that many people on the submarine. You know, we had a crew of 130, 140 people, um, but the workload is very similar to a large Navy ship that has 500, 600, 1,000 people, right? So even my job as a navigation electronics technician, um, not just to fix electronics and navigation equipment, but to also be the quartermaster, which is the guy in charge of taking care of the the charts or the maps, right? Uh, we call it charts in the Navy and pretty much support the navigation of the submarine the entire time. Uh, that's an entire separate job on the surface Navy, but that was part of my job, as well as IC communication, interior communication that I didn't want to do. That was also part of my job, right? So it was, it was kind of three jobs in one. Uh, and that's pretty common. A lot of people wore a lot of different hats um, just to make everything happen on a submarine, right? To make the mission happen. There's a lot more roles uh, that an individual has to fill. Um, but I knew when I was on this de- these deployments, uh, six mo- I did two six-month deployments on the submarine, and I would read a lot. The first deployment was really me just qualifying everything. So I finished all my qualifications that I would, I would need to for the entire time I was on the, in the Navy pretty much uh, in that first six-month deployment. So I went all in on just getting everything qualified so I can not worry about it, so I can get promoted, get my housing allowance in Hawaii, and just you know focus on uh, myself on the next deployment. And that's what I did on the second deployment. You know, I did you know, did what I had to do for my job, being a supervisor or whatever of the navigation division and just working together to make that happen. And then when I wasn't working, I was working on me. So nonstop reading and podcasts, that's all I did for six months. So I ended up reading about 26 books in that time. Uh, and I don't know how many podcasts I listened to. I was listening to podcasts every single day. Uh, and a lot about real estate investing and business and mindset. And, you know, throughout this time, I, I noticed that I wanted to do a lot more in my life than work for the military. That was the first thing. And then the government in general. Like, I, I saw how much I was working in the Navy. And I realized, well, I wasn't being fulfilled by this. And I didn't want to, I didn't want life to pass me by, right? 60, 70 hours a week, whatever, holidays, you know, there's no, on deployments, I missed a lot of things because six months straight, there's no breaks really, uh, besides when we pull into ports, but you know, that's limited. There's still work to be done. There's still things to fix. And I realized, you know, as, as amazing as an FBI agent uh, sounds and they're great individuals and they have a great mission that it would be a never ending cycle, right? Crime doesn't stop. 
FBI agents are constantly working. They're incredibly hard workers. They're incredibly skilled and talented. Um, but it would be similar to what I was experiencing in the Navy. Long weeks, you know, I'll be missing holidays. I'll be on call. And I'll be living a life just trying to catch up, trying to trying to find my balance everywhere else. And I didn't want that. I didn't, I, I didn't want to live a life where I had no... Uh, design over what I did, where I went, how I traveled, when I could travel, what I could do, right? And it's just living life on my own terms. I realized I needed to have uh, a financial freedom and the fulfillment of doing something that gave me a greater sense of purpose. And that's when I started to think about podcasting, really. That was a couple years ago. I was like, well, podcasting sounds like an awesome thing and not really for money or anything because uh, not that many podcasts make money like that. Um, but it's just about being able to connect with people on that level and sharing my voice and helping others share their voice and building a strong community uh, which I can help people grow and they can help me grow and we could just help each other, right? Because at the end of the day, life is all about our relationships, so I found podcasts to be awesome because I love podcasts and I would, I would, it would always be kind of far-fetched for me to have my own, but I realized it was possible and I was capable and that's why I'm here right now. And I'm excited because I found I wanted to immerse myself in self-development and help others grow, right? Because I was so passionate about self-development after reading these books and having them shape my mind uh, and shift my paradigms. I realized I wanted to help people do the same, right? Because these quotes I was reading, these books I was reading, these videos I was watching, these podcasts I was listening to truly enhanced my everyday life. And they improved the way I thought, right? I was so much more aware of how I felt. I was so much more aware of my emotions, how I felt. I was very in tuned and I was just growing. And the, the more I grew, the more I learned, the more I learned I didn't know. Right? And the more you know, the more you know you don't know. And I realized that once I finished uh, one of the first books that I finished uh, was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. After I finished that book, I was just like, wow, there's so much I don't know. And it opened my eyes, and that's why I just wanted to immerse myself in learning. Um, and at the time, I figured real estate was going to be my route when I got out because I could have some control. I'm self-employed. I can learn how to invest and develop a portfolio, which will lead to financial freedom. So then I can focus on, you know, the career I want in and writing and speaking and podcasting and stuff like that. Uh, so that's when I got my real estate license and, and just wanted to be all about uh, investing in real estate uh, until I got out, right? I got out of the military. I left Hawaii and I came back to Las Vegas because my home, right? Las Vegas is home and my heart was just calling me. I remember uh, missing it. Um, you know, this is almost 10 years at the time on my second deployment, eight or nine years have, I haven't lived in Las Vegas, but I always remembered I needed to go back. Like that, that's where I, I, it was no question 
that I was going to start my real estate career and my future outside the military in Las Vegas. So I was just listening to my heart on that one. I didn't have to think about it. And, you know, after leaving Vegas and, you know, visiting every year or two, it just, it just felt right. Nowhere else felt right. Hawaii is amazing, but it did not feel like my home, like Vegas did. So, uh, definitely great to leave and experience the world, experience other places and other cultures, but I had to be true to where I really wanted to go. And then living in Vegas, you know, being in real estate, um, it was, it was cool. It was, I, I enjoy real estate. I enjoy being able to change the quality of people's lives. I got into helping people with their credit um, so that I can help more people buy houses across the country, not just here in Vegas. Uh, and I'm still doing that. But even with that, I did not feel uh, fully aligned. You know, I did not feel full alignment with real estate. Um, and this podcast was still in the back of my mind. Um, and I would watch people like Les Brown and Tony Robbins. Uh, and Les Brown would always say to go after your dream. Like there's no point of waiting. There's no benefit in waiting to go after your dream. Because I had the sense that I needed to be financially free and then start working on my dream. But I had it backwards, right? It's not about being financially free And then starting the podcast, starting the book, starting the speaking career, starting these things, starting my website, whatever. It was about working on your dreams and your goals and your passion and letting that drive you to financial freedom. So I had it completely backwards. And then once I registered this, I was like, okay, I'm going to step away from real estate a little bit and then just do it more passively. And then focus. I need to get this podcast up and running because that is what I'm going to dedicate myself to. Uh, And just be consistent to this so that I can develop the community of self-mastery, right? To develop uh, a large community to support each other. And I know there's a lot of communities. I know there's a lot of masterminds and all that stuff. Um, But... I wanted to do my own and I want to do my own because my vision is, it's not about making money with this, right? I'm not trying to sell mastermind course. I'm not trying to sell an online course. Um, I'm not trying to sell anything. It's really about me sharing my journey, sharing what I'm learning with others who want to join the journey. Because I understand everybody's on their own journey. Everybody has struggles. Everybody has problems and it looks different. And it comes in different variations and different sizes and different uh, levels of difficulty. Um, But everybody's on their journey. And I want to develop a strong community where people can share that um, and have that vulnerability and have that uh, ability to have support. So even though this is in the beginning stages, I know over the next several years, it's going to grow into something beautiful. And I have full faith in that. And I'm dedicated to that. I'm willing to give all myself to make that happen because I feel a sense of purpose when I'm doing this. It's not just about 
a hobby, right? This is not a hobby. I'm not talking about sports and games, uh, even though I'm a big sports fan. It's, it's not about that. It's about how can we approach life, conquer ourselves, and have a fulfilled life of contribution. And it's difficult. It's difficult, and there's very, very many levels and variations of, of issues we're going to face throughout the years, right? The mind itself is remarkable, and there's a lot of things that we think about, and there's a lot of programs that we have that takes a lot of work to change, to rewire, you know, our health, our habits with our health and our body, the way we look at life, the way we look at nutrition, the way we look at our thoughts, the way we look at relationships, the way we look at money, the way we look at everything is really our reality. You know, our perception of what we see is our reality. And that's what this is really about. How do we conquer our self-understanding that our perceptions become our reality. So there's a lot of topics, right? The mind, body, spirit can be broken up to a million things. Um, and that's why it's, this is why it's a journey. I'm not a master of anything, um, but I understand it takes work, daily work. You have to prioritize ourselves um, because until I started really prioritizing myself, I realized I was getting burned out and drained and I wasn't able to be my full self to the people I loved and cared about and it was around me. Um, and obviously if I can't, if my cup is empty, I can't fill anyone else's cup. So it's about recognizing, it's about noticing who we are, our being, uh, and, and being the best we can, right? Because it's the journey, right? It's not the destination, it's the journey of who we become in in that period of growth. And a lot of times we are set on this destination. And I was set on this destiny. I was set on the destination. Once I'm financially free, I'll be happy and I can start doing the things I love. And I can start writing books and making podcasts and doing these things and, and all these dreams. And I was like, well, I don't have to be at that destination, right? Start now and it'll take me to that destination, Right? As long as I'm going in the right direction, I can course correct till I get there. And I wasn't. I wasn't, I wasn't really headed that, the right direction, but I'm glad I figured out that it wasn't fulfilling me. Because I knew the feeling of not enjoying my job when I was in the Navy. Right? I loved the people I served with, and I appreciate everyone who still serves, but it, it was not fulfilling me. So I was familiar with that feeling and I did not want to feel it. I knew there was more to life and there's more to just waking up, working, trying to decompress just so you can wake up and work and do the same thing. And that's what it's all about. It was designing my own life. And I know I'm not the only one, right? Every entrepreneur has the same goals. A lot of people in this world want to design a life on their terms right, to spend as much time as they want, uh, life is too short, and I realized that um, when I was gone, 
six months would pass by and I'm like, there's a lot I'm missing out on. Life is precious. And it became very, very valuable. It wasn't, I didn't notice it as much. And I realized life and time, I'm not getting back. Those six months, I'll never get back, right? Those six months underwater or whatever, I would never get back. So I had to make it as productive as possible. And that's what I did. I made it as productive as possible and and used it as a six-month uh, training course of myself, a growth course, a development course. And that's what I did. I read and learned. Uh, and now I'm here on this path, on this journey, and I am welcome everyone on this journey with me. And this is what really led me to this podcast. And I'm excited where it's going to go. I'm excited mostly to meet all the people that I would never had the opportunity to meet without this platform uh, and connecting with everyone because a community is all about its connection and its culture. And I am so excited to meet all the people who want to take their life to their highest potential and uh, master themselves or on get on the journey of self-mastery because you never truly master yourself. I believe it's just a, a, there's no finish line. There's not one point where you're saying you're a black belt and there's no ending, right? Because even in jujitsu, there's a red belt, right? There's, there's more belts after black belt, but there's no finish line. There's always room to grow. There's always something to learn. Every person we come encounter with has experienced something that we didn't, has learned something we didn't, and we can all learn, share, and grow together. Uh, and so I'm excited to connect with everyone. And I would love to hear your feedback. You know, anything uh, on these topics in specific that you want to know about, want to hear about, or want me to talk about. As this grows, it's not just going to be me. Uh, talking about uh, various topics, but I definitely want to connect to more people uh, who have a lot of experience in their their journeys, what they learned, what they learned about body and health and fitness, uh, what they learned with their spirituality, what they learned about finances, investments, uh, and the mindset behind everything, right, to achieve happiness. Because we know money doesn't buy happiness all the time, and uh, it could in some cases, but fulfillment comes from being happy within, right? Being truly happy within yourself. Uh, and there's a lot of people who aren't happy and we know people like that. And I've seen all types of people who were just, just living. They weren't just living. They were just getting by, not truly living. And I didn't want to just get by. I didn't want life to pass me by. I want to truly live and experience life fully. And to do that, it starts with self. How we see ourselves will be how we see the world. And how we love ourselves will be how we can love others. That is all for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you found any value in this episode, someone you know will also. Please share, subscribe, leave a rating and review so we can reach more people, have a farther ripple and a larger impact. 
Stay grateful. I appreciate you. And remember, you are a conqueror.